Welcome to the Make That Money Honey podcast. I'm your host, Sandra Joe, and each week I will be bringing you a combination of interviews and solo episodes with industry leaders in finance, entrepreneurship, and women in business. As a former certified financial planner turned financial coach and entrepreneur, I will be sharing my knowledge on how to have better conversations about money within your marriage, relationships, and family dynamics. I will also be teaching fundamental financial literacy about all of the topics that you wish you learned in school. This podcast will get you to think outside the box, create more abundance in your life, and improve your money mindset. So make sure to follow and tune in weekly, and it would mean the world to me if you shared these episodes with a friend and left me a five-star review. Welcome back for another episode of the Make That Money Honey podcast. I have the absolute pleasure of introducing a close friend, colleague, and coach of mine, Dr. Nevin Hushin. Dr. Nevin is a holistic doctor and relationship coach. She has a bachelor's degree in psychology with a focus on counseling and a doctorate of pregnancy chiropractic. Her mission is to see you living a healthy, vibrant, authentic, thriving life as an individual and in your relationship. She has dedicated her life to understanding the connection between body patterns and emotional patterns and how they relate to the quality of your interpersonal relationships. Dr. Nevin lives in South Carolina with her husband, Patrick, and she practices daily yoga and on the weekends is an avid hiker. She is also committed to a paleo diet and believes that the positive mental attitude and strong understanding of the nervous system are supportive of healthy relationships and are all keys to a vibrant life. Thank you so much for being on the show today. We were laughing our heads off before we even hit record. <laughs> I'm so honored to be here. Thank you so much for having me and um, for allowing me to share with your audience. Yeah, thank you. So yeah. just a little bit of background for the listeners. Dr. Mm -hmm. Nevin and I have been working together for maybe about what? couple couple sessions couple over a couple mm -hmm. months now yeah uh, and I just absolutely love the way that she talks about relationships about communication and her wealth of knowledge from working with literally hundreds of clients on this topic so we are so privileged to have her on the show today and our topic for today's episode is going to be the three most common mistakes that couples make in relationships when it comes to communication. So she is going to be giving you some awesome tools. Mm -hmm. So before we get started on all the juicy details of how to get into better communication, we would just love to hear about how your career has started as a relationship coach and what really led you down this path. Yeah. So, um, and I love sharing this. I actually grew up in Dubai and Istanbul, traveling every couple of years. Um, you know, my parents were from two different countries. My dad is Turkish and English. My mom is from New York. They had different first languages even. And now, you know, almost 40 years later, they are still very much in love. They're still together and married. And that's really what you know, when I moved from Dubai to Michigan to get my psychology degree, that what drove that is I always wondered what makes people stay together? What makes people break apart, you know, despite the odds? And so I decided to study psychology with the focus on counseling. And um, in that, you know, in my studies, I learned the mind-body connection, how there's really no separation between your mind and your body. So 
I went into chiropractic. I wanted to help people integrate on a physical level and, and on a psychological level. And, um, you know, after that, I started my practice in California, working with, you know, hundreds and hundreds of pregnant women and, um, I'm very intuitive. And so when I would have my hands on somebody, you know, and I felt any tension in their neck or in their back, I would say, what do you think this is? Where's this coming from? And nine out of 10 times, it would be interpersonal. It would be because they felt unsupported in their relationship. You know, as a doctor, I'm also, you know, a coach and a, and a counselor, and there would be a lot of tears. And I saw a huge need for for tools, you know, and not just therapy. Therapy is great, but I knew that they needed action steps, how to actually move forward. And so um, I went back into counseling and coaching and sold my practice in California and have been now doing this full time, you know, working with hundreds of couples worldwide. It's a huge passion of mine because, you know, relationship is such a beautiful place for healing. You know, for a lot of us, there was a lot of trauma in relationship, maybe with our relationship with our parents growing up or our siblings. And so it's through relationship that a lot of deep healing can take place um, through interpersonal relationship. I found it to be one of the most significant places of of healing, you know? So that's really the heart be- behind the work that I do. Yeah, that is so cool. I I love what you said about like Put, and our listeners can't see us right now on video, but you actually put your hand on your shoulder when you said when you touched, you know, a certain part of a mm-hmm. client and they were yeah. holding tension in that area. And I immediately fidgeted my shoulder because I was like, oh, I have tension in that area. I wonder where that's from. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You know, and, and it's, so- it's so funny. And, and it's so funny how when we do have <laughs> stress or emotional pain or mm-hmm. anything that is bothering us, certain parts of our body will ache and mm-hmm. and we don't necessarily know why and maybe we're clenching our teeth or we're gripping our you know fists or different different things that can cause all different you know types of body reactions and you were you and I were talking about the seven layers in the body and how how that you know intertwines yeah. with our energy and our, and our emotions and all of that so i would love to learn more about that but Let's talk a little bit about communication within couples and maybe you could give us an example of what the most common mistake is or the most common reason that couples have issues with communication in their relationships. Yeah. So uh, it is so nuanced, right? There's so many things um, because as humans, we are so dynamic, but one of the main issues that comes up in relationship all the time is speaking two different emotional languages. You know, um, especially masculine and feminine, you know, something that I teach, we are so different in the things that we need um, in our, you know, the way that we see the world, you know, and so learning how to speak each other's emotional languages is such a superpower in relationship. And it's something that um, I, I truly love to teach. When it comes to the emotional languages, is that similar to like the love languages or is that something different? So it is something different. Um, Something that I teach is getting the process of getting beneath the level of the complaint. 
You know, if you like a couple that I was working with um, yesterday, she was so upset that they didn't do dinner, you know, that she didn't, he wasn't, he hadn't taken her out on a date night in a while. And if he starts defending himself and saying, well, we've been on so many different date nights and whatever, that's not speaking her emotional language because he's getting defensive and he's trying to, with logics, you know, show her how much he cares. You know, that's his effort to say, Hey, I do care. Don't you remember all these other days that we've been on? Mm -hmm. But her in that moment, her language is connection. So this is the process of getting beneath the level of the complaint is, you know, instead of trying to prove with logic is speaking her language, you know, asking what is it that she's really needing right now? What does she need to hear from me? Mm -hmm. What is the, the fear And so in that moment, what would be really helpful for him to say is, Hey, you still matter to me. I, you're still a priority to me. Let's, let's do date night tomorrow or whenever, you know, Mm -hmm. because it's, it's letting her know, Oh, he still cares. So that's an example of, you know, a different, a different language. One is logic. The other is emotion and being able to read your partner and really get to the nitty gritty of what is going on beneath the surface. What's the fear? What do they need from me right now? Yeah, you know? that totally makes sense. It, it, it's it's almost sort of the um, the band aid approach. It's like the the request might be, "Hey, I want to go out for dinner." If I if I'm understanding, and correct me if I'm wrong, mm-hmm. but the the request is, "Hey, I want to go out for dinner." But what the deeper meaning behind it is, I want to have some quality time together where you're away from your work laptop, where you're not interrupted by phone calls, where we can sit and engage on deep emotional topics and talk about our feelings or what's coming up in our life. And, you know, wanting to have that connection without distractions, maybe without the kids around or without the dog barking or the Amazon delivery guy coming in. And, you know, all of those things where it's like, He's saying, oh, well, we just didn't go out for dinner. What's the big deal? We've gone out for lots of dinners when she's actually saying, but it's because of these reasons that I actually want to go out for dinner. Exactly. He, Is that right? He, you, are, you hit the nail on the head. Exactly. He, he made it about the dinner, but really it's about her need for connection, you mm-hmm. know? So in that moment, it's good to address the underlying need, um, and just let her know, you know, I'm, I'm here for you. I love you. Let's do dinner. You're still a priority to me. So yeah, you hit the nail on the head. You're absolutely <laughs> right. Our <laughs> sessions are paying off. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, this is, it's so, this is about emotional um, fitness, which Sandra, you and I have worked together now for a couple of months. You're very emotionally intelligent. You're very intuitive. <laughs> Thank you. I mean, truly it's um, yeah. Whoever. Yeah. So <laughs> Anyway, um, so, so, okay. Coming back to that then, because I know that this is a big one between couples and I really like what you said about the emotional versus the logic. And I can mm -hmm. see that in a couple of the couples that I work with, it's generally the man that works with logic and the female that works with emotion, but not always the case. And, you know, I can think of one relationship in particular who I work very closely with where, she has a very high emotional need for validation and he has a very logical brain in terms of, well, that doesn't make sense to me. Why do you need that validation? Mm -hmm. What would you say are some tools that couples can use, particularly the men in this situation, that they can use to soften the logic 
maybe work on their listening skills and actually dig into those layers, maybe some questions that they can ask, some, you know, your physical conversations that they can facilitate in order to get into those emotional layers so that they are finding out what a woman really wants, because you'll see things online all the time where it's like what a woman's saying versus what she actually means. Right. And it's so <laughs> true. Like guys are pretty point blank. If they're like, Hey, I need a boy's night. Cause I just need to unwind. They'll say, Hey, I need a boy's night. Cause I need to unwind. When women say I need a girl's night, what they really mean sometimes is like, I want to vent to my girlfriends about all my relationship problems. I need a freaking wine because I'm so stressed out. Like mm-hmm. there's so many other things. So what maybe for the men listening, yeah. what are some of the what are some of the things that they can do to connect on a more emotional level instead mm-hmm. of a logical level with their with their female partners? Okay, so I love this question. Um because women And I don't want, so feminine doesn't necessarily mean woman, right? So, um, but yeah, for the, for the more masculine partner, it would be important to something I teach is connect before correct. Okay. So when, um, that's a really good one. (laughs) Yeah. Cause a lot of, a lot of the time it's not necessarily the issue. That's the problem. It's how the couple starts talking and then arguing and not validating that becomes the issue. It becomes such a, it kind of snowballs into something much bigger uh, when there's no connection, right? So something that the men can start using is connect before correct, where if you need something different done differently, if you have a complaint or a request before you just go out there and, you know, start, um, start correcting your partner, connect with her first use connection language it's just gonna allow her nervous system to go okay he's he's still with me i'm i'm not he's not gonna leave me are we are secure in our love for each other now what does he have to say you know i i want to deliver as opposed to just kind of bombarding her with a lot of um, requests or complaints and then she feels totally beat down emotionally right so connection language sounds like Hey, you mean the world to me or, Hey, you know, we're in this together. I love you. Um, I support you. You're, you're priority to me. This is coming up for me, right? So you're letting her know you value her. She's important to you and you're using your assertiveness and expressing your, you know, your want or your need, which by the way, is equally as important when it, when in relationship, you know, connection is important and also expressing yourself is important. Um, you know, assertiveness is one of the things that I test for where if your assertiveness level, which assertiveness is your ability to say what you want, ask for what you need, let your partner know how you feel. If your assertiveness level is low, that's one of the biggest predictors to unhappiness in relationship, because it means you're not advocating for yourself. You're not getting your needs met. So you know, saying how you feel and letting them know what you need is super important, but it's how you do it that, you know, determines how the relationship is going to go in that moment. Yeah. So it's not coming across as like demanding. It's Mm -hmm. just coming across as clear and open communication. You breezed over the the three terms for assertiveness. Could you please repeat those? Because I think those are going to be really big points for people to do an internal check on. Yeah. So it's basically, it's your ability to say how you feel for ask for what you want, 
to let your partner know what's actually happening inside you. That's mm-hmm. assertiveness. You're able to take what's inside and tell your partner without withholding. Because um, mm-hmm. what I find with, with working with couples is one or both will not say how they're actually feeling or make the requests or let their partner right. know what's what's happening because they don't want to rock the boat. You know, they're yeah. like, well, I don't know how this is going to land. I better just stay quiet. Mm-hmm. Well, when that happens, when we withhold information, we end up withdrawing our love and our ability to connect because then we create a story about that, about our partners, you know? So super important to stay open in real time. Yeah. I love what you said there about withholding information. This is actually one of the things that commonly comes up in the, in the financial coaching that I do. There will often be one who's the primary breadwinner and one person who is not Mm -hmm. and, or one spender, one saver. And one of the common things that comes up is the spender will just spend and it will really irritate the saver. The person who is the sort of more long-term goal focused not the day-to-day spender doesn't spend on themselves and they will let it build up until it's a boiling point rather than having a conversation early and often saying, Hey, maybe we should take it down a notch. You've got enough pairs of shoes or you've got enough of this. And instead they wait until like a year has passed and then it becomes a blow up of, Holy crap, you spent so much money on this last year. I can't believe you and blah, blah, blah. Mm -hmm. And it's like, Whoa, this is not, the type of communication that is easy to work through because at that point it's almost too late. Yeah. Yes. That's a great point because people, couples need to be having meetings, financial meetings. I mean, and you coach on this, right? Mm -hmm. Um, But open communication, monthly money date. Yeah. That's something that I teach too, where they, you know, it's important to get on the same page financially, have those clear, open, honest conversations about budget about credit cards, you know, you don't want to open up credit cards without telling your partner, you know, so you can be on the same page. Um, yeah. yeah. That trust, that trust and honesty, I think is a big one. So this is obviously a, a topic that I know a lot of couples would struggle with it, is getting their message across without being confrontational, without mm. being defensive, without yeah. blaming. What are some ways that they can communicate the way they feel without blaming their partner. Okay. So I'm so glad that we're talking about this now. It's one of the main communication mistakes that couples make is communications come off as interruptions that create frustrations for your partner. So said another way, people tend to blindside their partner Um, you know, imagine we all have an internal movie playing in our heads where we're thinking about the client. We're thinking about what to make for dinner. We're thinking about, you know, our kiddos, things like that. And your partner has that going on too. And so when we go to our partners and we just kind of blurt something out, in essence, what you're doing is you're taking your own movie and you're slapping it on their screen. Right. So that can feel jolting to the system. It could feel disrespectful. It could come off as annoying. Like, can't you see I'm working? Right. And so one of the ways to fix that issue is to, and it's super simple to ask for permission to bring up a topic. So that sounds like, Hey, is now a good time to, to talk about something that's been coming up for me. And if not, then you can schedule it for later that day. You know, that way, 
you both can enter into the conversation, essentially watching the same screen. You know, you're prepared, you know, you're going to have a conversation about something. And um, that's just a respectful, easy way to navigate conversation. And another point to that is, you know, if there's something that needs to be changed in the relationship, there's something that is really coming up for you, you want to give it the reverence that it deserves. You know, you want it to, to give it the tension and the, the focus that it deserves rather than just saying something in passing, right? So that your point will land. So that's um, a communication tip is, you know, setting aside time to have the important conversations. Yeah. And, you know, and then using the connection not blindsiding language. Somebody. Yeah. Not, not just kind of storming in their office and, you know, yeah. Yeah. And saying, <laughs> tear, hey, tearing, you, a, tearing a strip off them when they're in the middle of concentrating for something else or. Totally. Yeah. Well, and also because research shows that it takes seven minutes to switch from something to something else and then back. It takes okay. time for your mind and your, your body to actually focus on something else and then get geared up for the same thing again. You know, mm-hmm. so you know how that feeling where when you're in flow and then yep. all of a sudden somebody comes and it like, you know, so it's, and then you're, it's, and then you're trying to pick up where you left off and you're like, right. where did I, where did I leave off? And then, especially if you're in the middle, like for me, in my case, it's like, I might be in the middle of a calculation and then all of a sudden I'm like, what the heck, where was I? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Right. Yeah. So yeah, that's, that's really interesting that it takes seven minutes for your brain to switch from one thing to another. So mm-hmm. I love what you said about asking for permission, like, Hey, is now a good time to give you some feedback or would now be a good time where we can sit down and have a talk because they might be in the flow. And if Mm -hmm. that's the case, if they're in the flow with a work presentation or with something that they're doing, you know, preparing themselves for, then if it's not a good time, you're probably not going to get the result or the type of communication that you're looking for because they're going to be trying to get it over with and give you a solution as quick as possible. And then that way they can get back to whatever they were doing Mm -hmm. rather than as you and I just discussed sitting down and having a monthly date night where um, a monthly money date or monthly, whatever date about sitting down and talking about all of the things that have come up in the last four weeks or, you know, things that they want to improve or talking about money, talking about finances whatever it is. So it's actually scheduled in. They can both be prepared for the meeting. They can both come to the table with whatever their feedback is for the other person. Yeah. I think that probably sounds like a much more constructive way of, of leading that kind of a chat. Oh, totally. Yeah. And honestly, that's just for money, but for, um, for the relationship itself, it's good to have a weekly meeting mm. where you're checking in. Maybe it's over brunch on a Sunday or a Saturday and you're saying, Hey, um, you know, what's the best part of our relationship this week? What was the worst part? Was there anything that I did that I need your forgiveness for? How can I best support you? You know, those four mm. questions are super powerful because you're actually talking about the relationship and yeah. checking in on what's going on. You know, did I do something to offend this person that needs to be brought up in a safe space rather than allowing things to build up? And then all of a sudden there's this wall of resentment between you, you know, so Having those weekly meetings about the relationship itself is something that totally. I am a big advocate for. Yeah, yeah, I like the I like the question. How can I support you, mm-hmm. or or what or what do I need forgiveness for? Because that's yeah. taking that's taking real ownership. I think. Yeah. When it comes to the communication and opening up the floor for them to give you feedback on something that they may not have been comfortable talking about until you gave them the opportunity to. 
Yeah, totally. Because then you come to the conversation with ears to hear them. You know that it's a safe space. If they bring something up, it doesn't mean that you failed. It means that they're trying to clear it up with you for the sake of longevity in the relationship. Mm-hmm. You know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Amazing. So yeah. let's talk about a second tool or a second common mistake that couples make in relationships. I know we sort of covered a lot in the last one, but um, what would, what would you say is another common issue that comes up in your one-on-one coaching sessions? Yeah. So communication mistake number two is people are not clear with their expectations, which ultimately sets their partner up for failure. So for example, let's say you want to be more intimate with your partner, right? And you go up to them and you say, Hey, I want to be more intimate. And they go, okay, I'll work on that. I want to be more intimate too. And then two weeks go by and nothing really changed. And you say, I wanted to be more intimate, but you haven't done anything different. Well, that's because firstly, what do you mean by intimate? Do you mean sex? Do you mean time alone on the couch without phones and technology? Do you mean just snuggling and making out? You know, what does that really mean to you? And secondly, how often do you want it? What, how specific are you with, with your, with asking for things, you know? So instead of saying, you know, I want to be more intimate, a better way to phrase that would be, Hey, you know, I'd like to be physically intimate two times a week, you know, maybe after the kids go to bed, um, that'll make me feel more connected to you. It'll make me feel like we have a healthier sex life. So that your partner knows, okay, she wants it two times a week or he wants it two times a week. I can do that, you know, and it sets them up for success. And even better than that is being specific with the days, getting it on the calendar. You know, a lot of the time, (laughs) if it's not on the Mm -hmm. calendar, it might not happen, you know, because of life with kids and jobs and travel and whatever. It's important to get these things um, to know, you know have a general idea on when it's going to happen. And it also gives you something to look forward to. You know, you're like, okay, tonight, tonight's going to be a good night. You know, tonight's going to be the night. (laughs) Yeah. So being specific is, is, um, you know, about what, what it is that you want as far as timing and frequency is super helpful. I just popped into my head, a memory of a Kevin Hart stand up that he did recently. It's like his, uh, I think it's called, zero bucks given and he literally talks about this in his comedy skit about on the eighth of every month he plans a sex (laughs) night with his wife and the way he describes it is so funny he's like she (laughs) he's like she ain't getting it any other day of the month and he's like if she wants it she knows she's got to wait until the eighth she can't be coming back for more on the 10th (laughs) anyway i'm not doing it any justice but it's a hilarious skit and it just reminded me of of that when you were saying that but I think that's a great idea is like setting the expectation of um, how often or what type of intimacy, because Mm -hmm. sometimes couples, and I know this from being in long-term relationships in the past, sometimes couples will just have sex for the sake of having sex. And it can almost feel like masturbation. You know what I mean? Where Mm -hmm. it's not intimate. It's not connected anymore. It becomes routine. It doesn't become about pleasuring your partner or about, actually enjoying the physical act of having sex, it can be more about just getting it over with Mm -hmm. and being clear on the intimacy expectations about 
wanting to connect physically and emotionally in that moment and really prioritizing it. Yeah. Especially for especially for parents, right? Like parents who have kids coming in the bed and all this kind of stuff. I think it would be hugely important for them in particular of making that time to actually honor each other mm-hmm. and really get intimate with each other. Yeah, and and have op- those open conversations about what what they want. What do they want afterwards? So, you know, do you want to stay in bed and be held for a little bit? Are you just wanting a quickie? I mean, you know, really getting clear on what the intention of it is and what, mm-hmm. you know, so that you can meet each other's needs. And again, just like anything else, the more you talk about it, the more you can give instruction about it and say, hey, that, you know, I, I want more of this or it's just the better, the better off you are because you're, again, expressing your needs and advocating for yourself, you know? Yeah. Um, but Coming it back also to that assertiveness, isn't it? It's yeah. It's, <laughs> Coming back to the assertiveness, and yeah. it goes with anything. I mean, it's not just intimacy. Um, like I was working with a couple um, the past four months. We've been working together actually, and one of the things that through this work, you know, we uncovered was that he is so clean, and he didn't like how, even though they were clear on their roles in the house. He didn't like how um, she was responsible for the recycling, the recycling bin. She would let it build up all the way to the top, all the way mm-hmm. to the top. And then he would, you know, be putting cans or whatever on, on the top of the recycling bin, you know, and even though they had talked about what their chores were, they weren't specific as to what they both agreed on as far mm-hmm. as what that actually looks like, you know? Yeah. So something through something that they um, decided on was that, um, she'll take care of it before it starts piling up. Flowing, yeah. yeah, you know. And for yeah. her, she just doesn't see that because she's a creative. You know, she's mm-hmm. she's more artsy and just a little more circular in thinking, which a lot of women are. But that was something that needed to be ironed out because he had a story about it too. You know, his yeah. story was that she doesn't care enough about him to change the recycling often enough. Yep. You know, yeah. I could I could see that being, you know, even though listening, it can sound like a mundane issue. I know for people that are particular about certain things, because I am particular about certain things, that it will drive you nuts if somebody doesn't do something. And until they know that that drives you nuts, Mm -hmm. they don't know what they don't know. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) And that's, yeah, that's exactly it. Because it's really, it's it's what's beneath the level of the complaint. You know, Mm -hmm. what's the story that that's going on and then clearing that story up. Yeah. Um, important. Yeah. Okay. So let's move on to the third common mistake that couples make when it comes to communication. What have you got for us? So the third mistake, uh, is the lack of framing. So, um, something that we kind of touched on earlier is, you know, when we're presenting something to our partners, it's super important to use your sender responsibility, which is, you know, as the sender of a message, it's our inherent responsibility to say it in a way that the person is most likely to receive it, you know, so on phrasing it. So, um, you know, that's part of being a good communicator is framing, you know, so you want to start on a high and then move into the correction or the complaint, you know, so start with okay. that connection language and then move into, um, yeah, move into what it is that you need. 
Okay. So let's say maybe you could give us an example. Let's say we've got a husband and wife. Husband is a workaholic and the wife is wanting more quality time and connection. Okay. How, how would the wife communicate that to the husband? Okay. So I love this question. Because I feel like that's probably a common one. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it, it is. Um, well, also, you know, a man's biggest fear is that they're failing. You know, men work so hard. They're naturally providers. They're driven. They're very linear in thinking. And so if the woman is unhappy in the relationship, he's going to feel like a failure, you know? Mm -hmm. So often women make their husbands um, or their boyfriends or their partners, whatever, feel like they're failing just by how they phrase certain things, right? Mm -hmm. Okay. So in that situation, you know, I would suggest framing with, Hey, um, I appreciate everything you're doing for the family. I know how hard you work. I know that, um, your, your heart is to support us and I really appreciate it. What's been coming up for me lately is I have been feeling lonely. I want more time with you, you know, and this isn't anything that you're doing wrong, you know, cause his biggest fear is that he's failing or he's doing wrong. Right. Yeah. So just reiterate, this is not anything you're doing wrong. It's just something that's been coming up for me. And I, I would really need to, you know, I would need to carve out time for, for us. Um, you know, something along those lines where yep. that makes sense. So you're validating them first. You're giving them positive affirmations or mm -hmm. reinforcement first of all the things that you notice that they are doing so that they yeah. can't come back and be like, yeah, well, I'm working so hard because I'm providing for the family and you're not appreciative of all the things that I do. It's like, you're already addressing those fears. Yeah. Exactly. And so, and that's super disarming because yeah. then he's going to go, okay, she sees everything that I'm doing. Yeah. Um, you know, let me, let me lean in instead of getting defensive. Yeah, totally. Okay. That gives some good context. So like start with gratitude or appreciation, mm -hmm. telling them what they are doing right. And then moving into the request. If yeah. that would be a summary. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's perfect. Amazing. Yeah. That's so good. And I think those are really powerful. So just to recap, we had number one was understanding the deeper meaning of the request. So the example we used was not taking us out on a, not taking her out on a date night, but what she really meant was having more, you know, one-on-one -on -one time, quality time, being able to connect without distractions, that kind of a thing. Number, was that correct? <laughs> Number, so I, we did talk about that. Um, that was one of them was getting beneath the level of the complaint. Yeah. Um, yeah. Correct me, correct me, because I'm just trying to remember in my head so that way our listeners can follow, can remember as well. Because <laughs> okay. we talked about so many amazing things. So We really did. Yeah, okay. So one of the, the, the first one was um, blindsiding your partner you know, how we all have an internal movie playing in our heads. And unless uh, we ask for permission, it'll come off as a frustration. Gotcha. You know? Yeah. 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 <laughs> <laughs> we talked about a lot on this. Okay. On we this have, podcast. we have seven tips for communication, yeah. but only three of them were highlighting. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Amazing. Okay. So don't blindside your partner. Yep. Ask for yeah. Ask for permission in order to have those conversations where we do have a request. Mm -hmm. The second one. Second one is uh, be clear with your expectations when you're setting up plans or making promises. 
Great. Love that one. I really love that one. And then the third one is use your connection language. Get good at framing before you go into correcting. So connect before correct. Yay. I love those. Those are some great takeaways. I have like a full page of notes (laughs) and I will definitely be listening to this one again, because I know that this is going to be super informative and powerful to embody because I think it's one of those relationships are one of those things that we consistently have to work on. It's not a set and forget. It's constantly catching ourselves in those moments where we don't feel heard, where we don't feel seen, where we don't feel validated and asking ourselves, changing the conversation back to internal focus, because it's so easy to blame our partner for things that we are lacking or things that we're missing. And ultimately like taking that responsibility and showing up in the conversations with our partner from a positive light of like, how can we both improve this situation Mm -hmm. with the request is going to be so important and really implementing those tools. Yeah. Yeah. Right. It's yeah. And it's so great when both people are in on the, on the idea that, um, you know, relationship is a journey and Mm -hmm. that, you know, it's a beautiful place to actually grow and become more virtuous, you know, practice your Mm -hmm. ability to communicate and your, you know, your patience and those types of things. Yeah. 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 And compromise. I think compromise is a big one as well. Yeah. Because sometimes it's not always going to sit well, but sometimes you just got to do it and pick your battles. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Amazing. Amazing. I feel like we could go on forever about this. I mean, you and I already had a one hour session together before we jumped on the, on the podcast today. And I am so grateful for you. I cannot (laughs) wait to have you speak for the ladies in your confidence currency in the month of May. It's going to be amazing. Where can people reach out to you if they want to know more about the coaching that you do? What's the best way for them to connect? Yeah, they can go to drnevinhushin.com. They can also DM on Instagram. You know, I'm always in my DMs and so is Jalen, my, my assistant. Um, And yeah, they, I'm, I'm an open, open book. They can reach me anytime. So. Okay. Awesome. And what about programs that you have coming up? What are the types of offerings that you have in terms of working with one-on-one clients or group coaching, things like that? Mm -hmm. I have an incredible one-on-one couples program um, that is open right now. I'm actually taking in new um, couples and we go through everything as far as communication tools, conflict resolution tools, um, inner child work, you know, really offering tools so that when something comes up, you know how to handle it. Um, And I also have an amazing women's program where I work one-on-one with women. Awesome. Awesome. Okay. So be sure to check out the show notes for how you can connect with Dr. Hushin. She is absolutely outstanding. I cannot recommend her highly enough. As I mentioned before, we have been working together for a couple of months now. I've gotten so much out of it already. So definitely, definitely reach out to her. And um, yeah, if you are interested in any of her group programs or sorry, her programs, or if you want to know about how you can work with her, you can check her out on www.dr. Is it Dr. Nevin Hushin? Mm-hmm. com, Or you can find her on Instagram at Dr. Nevin Hushin. And thank you so much for joining me today. I can't wait to keep working together. It has been such a powerful relationship. I and, know. Uh, yeah, I'm so grateful for you. <laughs> I'm so grateful for you too. And also, Sandra, I know that you have such a loyal 
um, base of people who listen to your podcast and they love you and let them know to uh, mention your podcast that they heard me on here and I'll give them a, a great uh, discount. Amazing. any of my programs. Yeah. Oh, there you go. Make that money, honey. Listeners will get a discount if you want to work with Dr. Nevin Hushin. And so check her out, connect with her. She's an absolutely beautiful soul. So you can jump on a consultation with her and see if it's a fit. All right. (laughs) And thank you so much for joining me today. And we'll see you next time. I'll see you. Thank you. Thanks for listening. And if you love this episode, please share it to your Instagram story and tag me at sandra.m.joe. I would be forever grateful if you left me a five-star review and sent it to a friend so that I can reach as many people as possible. For more information on my financial coaching and how we can work together, check out my website at sandrajoe.com. And until next time, have a great day and go make that money, honey. 